Welcome to episode number seven in our series of short explainers for the Hunger Vital Sign tool. I'm your host, Helen Laban. We've been speaking with Richard Sheward, the Director of Innovative Partnerships at Children's Health Watch, about the origins of the Hunger Vital Sign. A quick reminder here of how the project began. Children's Health Watch was founded in 1998, initially as a, a research project to understand how economic and household hardships, uh, namely food insecurity, impacts the health and development of very young children and their caregivers. Over the years, Children's Health Watch developed a research base demonstrating that food insecurity in households with young children resulted in a myriad of negative health outcomes and that there is a really important opportunity for, in this case, pediatricians to identify families with young children who are at risk for food insecurity. The starting point was understanding what shapes the health of young children and their caregivers, including non-clinical factors. Researchers realized that food insecurity was having a significant impact, and they wanted a way to make that visible and actionable to healthcare providers. In this next section of episodes, we'll begin from a slightly different starting point, an organization with a mission to end hunger, which expanded its work to include healthcare organizations as partners in that mission. My name is Katie Davis, and I am the Community Health Initiatives Director at Hunger Free Vermont. Hunger Free Vermont is a mission-driven organization with the goal of ending the injustice of hunger and malnutrition for all Vermonters. Hunger Free Vermont is one of many Vermont-based groups focused on food access. And healthcare practices partner with these organizations in many ways, not necessarily ways that involve implementing the Hunger Vital Sign. Hunger Free Vermont itself has many different programs, many of which are outside of the health sector. But this is a Hunger Vital Sign explainer, so we're going to quickly bring the focus in on that element. We'll begin with Hunger Free Vermont's connection to federal nutrition programs. Hunger Free Vermont's work is really at the systems level, trying to um, expand and increase access to, to food. And our main vehicle for that is really trying to encourage use of the federal nutrition program. So things like Three Squares Vermont or what we call nationally SNAP, meals in school, meals in childcare. So really trying to provide technical assistance on how to best run those programs um, and how to increase participation. So working with service providers who are connecting folks to those programs, um, working with our state agency who administers those programs, as well as working with the legislature and the federal delegation to make sure that those programs are as expansive as possible. If you want to expand Vermont's participation in federal nutrition programs and make these programs as universally available as possible, then the health sector is a great point of connection. Comparatively speaking, Vermonters are highly engaged in primary care. Our uninsured rates are quite low, consistently 3% or less. In calendar year 22, it was a record low of 1%. While underinsurance can also reduce doctor visits, we have a high rate of primary and preventive care use. 86% of Vermonters have an established primary care provider relationship, and annual office visits are equally high. Visits are even more frequent in households with young children. Telehealth offers even more points of contact. If you want to find a screening location where a lot of people from all walks of life pass through in a given year, 
healthcare providers are a good start. The state of Vermont has really long done a good job of making sure that folks with you know the lowest socioeconomic status have really had access to healthcare. I think that you know some of it is how are you able to be connected to resources and that over time piece of of really seeing your medical provider as a trusted resource can go a really long way to really starting to build the notion that food is related to your health and really seeing that as a place where you as an individual have some autonomy um, and can make some decisions and you actually have the resources to be able to make those decisions. We also mentioned starting with the nationwide nutrition programs in our episodes with Richard. Healthcare providers won't want to screen patients for food insecurity if they don't have an immediate next step for addressing a positive screen. I think there are real concerns that clinicians face in identifying a need, uh, working with the patient to try to address that need, and there's the risk of not being able to address that need and then you know, losing trust and, and degrading the relationship between the patient and the provider. But that being said, there are a number of response options that are available. This aligns well with the Hunger Free Vermont mission of making federal nutrition programs more accessible. Checking for eligibility, then enrollment, would follow the screening. We also know it's not the only answer. Other resources will be needed. Hunger Free Vermont makes it easier for healthcare providers to both connect patients with national nutrition safety nets and connect them to local resources. You know, medical providers are are used to having to do it all. And there's certainly a lift in terms of all the data pieces and implementing the screen. But I think in terms of the referral and response, there's a lot of people in communities across the state and across the country who have been dedicated to making sure folks can get connected to social services of all kinds. And that includes food access too. And so this is an opportunity to elevate their skills and to really open the doors a little bit wider and have it be more of a community medical response as well. Katie was part of a food resource series for care coordinators held in 2020, which we'll link in the show notes. Now, Children's Health Watch is far from the only organization to be looking at the close connection between health-related social factors like food insecurity and health outcomes. That interest has spread broadly into our approach to healthcare. There are different ways these factors come into play. A common route is through upstream prevention, or addressing these non-clinical risk factors before they become serious health conditions. Hunger Vital Sign makes one of these risks visible at the time a patient visits a healthcare provider. Added together across all patients, hunger vital sign results can also give an idea of food insecurity's presence within the community. In this way, it supports investing in community-level prevention, too. There are other frameworks that healthcare practices use to look at community-wide health concerns. Hunger Free Vermont started with community health needs assessments, a process that nonprofit hospitals and community health centers go through every three years. The process requires both assessment and the implementation of plans to improve community health. Participating in that process led to Katie's first major healthcare practice partnership around food insecurity screening. I've had the pleasure of being able to be part of kind of the food security action team up at EVM Children's Hospital for a number of years now. And all that work really started as a result of the community health needs assessment. It was really the community health needs assessment that that pushed and was the impetus for for really digging into to the work around implementing the hunger vital sign at the children's hospital and it's been a wonderful experience as a community partner to be 
a full member at the table. There's so many different angles that you're that you're wanting to hone and to assess, you know, from what is actually working for the folks who are asking these questions. Are they asking them in the appropriate way? So in the case of a children's hospital, are they, you know, providing them a paper screen tool to be able to fill out? Then what happens to that piece of paper? How does it get into the actual, you know, electronic medical record? Um, How does that information then get, you know, if it's inpatient, how does it end up getting communicated back to the patient's primary care provider? Um, So really trying to think through about what was actually working for that, what, you know, taking best practices and, and, trying them out and evolving and and assessing along the way um, and looking at at data over time for that. Okay, so Hunger Free Vermont was looking for healthcare partnerships in addressing hunger. The community health needs process led them to a hospital partnership, which then led to being able to dig into the details of food insecurity screening using the hunger vital sign. But how do these details help an organization with an overall mission to drive systems change? I personally do not need convincing. I'm the one making an explainer series on the details of Hunger Vital Sign. But Katie had a larger board to answer to. There are several goals that this tool helped reach. One was data-related. We've always been really interested in, in the data and really looking at and trying to understand what food insecurity really looks like. And so it's another opportunity outside of the USDA um, census survey to to really get a handle on that. And being able to have that kind of data at the state level seemed like a a really great opportunity, both for um, understanding what's happening and also really understanding what's not working for folks too. And, you know, are there places where the federal programs could be expanded or are there places where the federal programs are just not going to meet this need that we're able to identify too? To be clear, official research on food security levels is done with the USDA Household Food Security Survey using established research protocols like sample size and demographic weighting. But sometimes that isn't the data you want. Sometimes you want to represent a small section of the population, like patients at a healthcare practice or within a rural community. Or you want insight into a sudden change, trying to grasp what's happening on the ground right now. In which case, you don't want a stable trend like what USDA tracks. You want a snapshot. And two attributes of hunger vital sign were that it could be used quickly for all patients passing through a clinic, catching that smaller population, and that it was highly responsive to changing situations. Hunger Free Vermont had seen the utility of this kind of community-level data in their work on other projects. I think a very current example is a bill that is currently in the Vermont legislature to make school meals universally free for all students. And we have really been, well, we we won't be the first state to implement it because we got beat by a few other states. We were really instrumental in helping to devise um, how how you cost out what meals would actually cost for states to be able to, to implement that change. That was hugely data-driven and, you know, used a variety of different data sources to kind of pull that information together and try to make our best guess as to what an estimate could be for what that would actually cost us. Since we recorded this interview, the Universal School Meals Bill did pass the Vermont legislature. Another element of Hunger Vital Sign is that it's designed to be able to be used by every healthcare practice. Patients see the same tool wherever they're seeking care. We talked about this with Richard earlier as part of standardization. So one way that standardization happens is when you have a previously validated test or tool, in this case, the hunger vital sign, that is continually administered 
in you know, the same manner and shows consistently reliable results again and again. Hunger Free Vermont had an interest in standardizing the tool for reasons beyond data validity. They wanted to reduce the stigma around food insecurity and seeking help with food access. If hunger vital sign screening became a standard part of everyone's conversation with their healthcare providers, as normal as discussing the annual flu shot, then that could go a long way towards making these conversations more frequent and comfortable. When we talk about universal programs, certainly it's destigmatizing if everyone you know has has access to things. Um, but I also think there's a there's a piece of it where the tools that we use to put folks into different categories, um, those categories aren't sufficient. So to say to say that you know you're only struggling with food access if you're 185% above the federal poverty line is just not true and does not, is not representative of the experience that folks are having. Um, so I think part, part of it is a recognition that there's a lot of structural things happening across our society, both economic and non-economic, that make it harder for some people to get food than other people to get food. This issue of categories came up before when we discussed the fact that hunger vital sign is only meant to be an initial step. It's identifying patients who likely would see a health benefit from assistance with accessing food. It doesn't perform additional sorting. Knowing a patient's precise needs and eligibility for different services, including clinical services, requires a follow-up conversation. Ideally, there would continue to be more and more of a recognition that food access is is really an issue for a, a broader swath of the population than we want to admit or than feels comfortable talking about. Now, we should acknowledge that while healthcare offers an opportunity for Vermont to advance towards being hunger-free, reaching that goal is a pretty darn big ask. Health professionals are busy doing a lot of valuable, life-saving things that don't happen to be solving hunger. And last I checked, healthcare did not control the budget of the Department of Agriculture. We mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. Katie and Hunger-Free Vermont have been pursuing food insecurity screening systems in the spirit of collaboration not shifting all the responsibility onto healthcare. And I'll restate that here. We'll go deeper into this topic soon. Next episode, though, we'll dive into another aspect of what Katie has been describing, which is how a validated food insecurity screening tool helps shift the cultural context of talking about food access in a healthcare setting. To recap a few key points from this episode, community organizations working on hunger issues can benefit from partnering with health professionals, not only because food insecurity impacts the health of their patients, but also because providers see so many different people over the course of a year. It's a natural hub to reach many community members. Some of the benefits that groups like Hunger Free Vermont find in the Hunger Vitals sign include how it offers insights into food insecurity at a community level in real time. The fact that it's a general enough tool to offer an entry point for a range of possible food access programs and the potential for making conversations about food and food access a standard part of everyone's healthcare experience as a way to reduce stigma. Implementing hunger vital sign screening and referral systems offers a concrete way to start a partnership between community organizations and healthcare practices. Check the resource page linked in the show notes for more details and materials on the topics we've discussed.